Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Chago Zapata, Managing Editor of the NCO Journal. With us is Sergeant First Class Osvaldo Aquite, NCOIC of the NCO Journal. Today we discuss the article, The Shop, with our own Staff Sergeant Brandon Cox, Senior Editor for the NCO Journal. Joining us is Sergeant First Class Mark Wood, NCO with 125th Aviation in Fort Wainwright, Alaska. Staff Sergeant Michael Holgate, Section NCO with the 1st Combat Aviation Brigade in Fort Riley. Washington Molina Romo, prior Army Staff Sergeant and now a network engineer for Amazon. And William Bice, aircraft repairer for government contractor. Thank you all for joining us, gentlemen. Before we kick things off, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself, Staff Sergeant Cox? All right, so I'm Staff Sergeant Brandon Cox. I joined the Army in 2011 as an airframe structure repairer of 15 Golf, and then recently made the switch to public affairs NCO um, as a 46 Sierra, and I work here at the NCO Journal. Thank you again. Thank you for joining us, gentlemen. Uh, if you could, uh, starting with you, Mark, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. My name is Mark Woods, Armed First Class, uh, currently assigned up at 125 in uh, Fort Wainwright, Alaska, just recently PCS up here. I'm a 15 kilo, which is a um, component repair supervisor, uh, maintenance supervisor. So I oversee maintenance operations for the back shops, MLSs in uh, aviation. Will, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Okay. Uh, I'm William Bice. Uh, I joined the Army in 2012 as a 15 Gulf aircraft structure repairer. And then I transitioned out of the military where I started as an overseas contractor. I worked for a company as a senior mechanic, teaching other people to trade. Staff Sergeant Michael Holgate, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Boom. All right. So Staff Sergeant Holgate Michael, uh, I'm from Sacramento, California. Been in for 12 and a half years. Aircraft, hydraulics, Paris hydraulics. Washington Molina Romo, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, well, I left the Army like uh, a year and a half ago, actually, was, um, and then I moved to Texas. Uh, during the Army, well, as you know, I was with the shop, then I went to Carson and ended up in the schoolhouse as an instructor. After the Army, right now, at the moment, um, I'm working for Amazon. I'm a network engineer for Amazon, so I work with AWS and the uh, warehouses uh, of doing network and communications. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, let's get let's go ahead and get things kicked off. Tell us a little bit. Why is it that you decided to write this article? What inspired you to write this article on on the shop? It seemed like a very personal thing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. At least in my experience, uh, I've been in the Army for about 12 years now, and the shop that, that we had, the group of gentlemen that we had in, in my time in Germany, in in around the years of 2013 to 2015, that time in, in my career meant the most to me, I think. The guys that I had spent the best time in my career with that I learned the most from. Well, once I started writing down the stories and the, the times that we had together, I, found, I figured out that the things that the Army tells you you should do to create an effective and positive team, we were already doing naturally. I'm just curious as to what you guys think about him calling you gentlemen. That was kind of like it jumped out at me. And I'm like, what? 
Because if I was at, you know, my the guys yeah. that I the shop quotation mark that I have, if, if I called my buddies, uh, you know, gentlemen, they would be, they would just, uh, they would jump on me and make fun of me. So I don't know what what is it you guys got to say about, no, the, about that. There would have been there would have been some uh, some razzing about it. I think like in the day, I think it's the venue maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to be nice, but I work for a living. I'm not no gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, uh, no. Hey, you gotta, you gotta. I, I'm sorry, man, because you, you we, we're kind of have our own shop here that we kind of have developed with with our with our little team. I know that it's and it's that's. I think that part of uh, part of the of, of your relationship that what you have with your shop mm. uh, and that ability to be to to find something and kind of poking at poke at them. Uh, that kind of relationship where you develop that type of that it doesn't create rancor doesn't create like friction it's just something everybody laughs about and you laugh at it yourself i know that that's kind of what we do here too so how does that translate into the kind of uh, effective team that you were sergeant cox so having the ability to poke fun at your guys at the end of the day i think we're all there for one thing and especially when you're deployed it ends up just being for your your guys on your right and your left and those are the guys you have the best relationship with, work the best with in the best scenario, right? In the best case scenario. Mark, what do you, what do you think as far as that kind of what I was getting at too with that kind of having that kind of relationship? For for me, like when I when I got there, that was like my first assignment where I was given like a large group of people to be responsible for, and one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to make more than, cause we, I mean, we spend so much time at work, right. I wanted to make, make it something more than just, you know, th- this place you dreaded going to. I wanted it to be somewhere that, you know, you had to be there, but you didn't like hate being there. Um, and having that, that, that ability to, you know, razz on each other and have that open candid conversations uh, without like, the rigidness of, of like the military structure, um, I think made people more comfortable and like more open to getting to know one another and building those, those relationships. You know, it wasn't, uh, just always yes, Sergeant, no Sergeant. It was, you know, when we were behind closed doors within our shop, it was, it was a family and you could, you could have a disagreement and, and everything would be okay. And I think that, that actually helped a lot with our effectiveness as a, as a team because we could disagree with one another about something and it wouldn't affect our cohesiveness on like getting the job done and like working together to accomplish the mission um, because we had that, that openness, you know, um, to, to say what was on our mind, to get things off our chest um, when there's a, like a tense situation. So I think that, that, that ability to communicate like that is one of the big reasons why we were successful. Um, so for Sergeant Cox, this was a very formative experience. And so I'm just kind of curious to know um, how was this shop platoon experience for you all? And we can start with, um, with Bice. Okay. Yeah. So for me coming in as a junior enlisted, so Germany, was my first duty station, so I didn't pretty much know what to expect. And um, I was also single. So, Sergeant First Class Wood took over the shop. It was cool because, or even my squad leader at the time, Sergeant Bernhardt, too, like they would invite me over to the house for dinner. You know, as a single soldier, it's a big thing. I always felt just a family connection with everybody. Like, 
Africa as well, as Ancasa was saying, we had a family vibe. And with our shop environment, everybody got along well with each other. Like we would have disagreements, but it would never leave the shop, even if it was disagreements. I took the leadership style to Sun Flintcraft Wood, and I apply that even now as a as a lead in my civilian job. You know, always I'm cool with all the guys. I'm very approachable. You know, we laugh and joke. We have a good time. But it was always business is business and pleasure is pleasure. When the work was time to get done, we all we all worked together to accomplish the mission. And I always respected that part and kept that in my back pocket. Yeah, that was one of the things that when we were talking, myself and uh, Sasser and Cox were talking about the article, and we talked about you know he was he was it, it wasn't until after he wrote it that he that he noticed just how much there was how much doctrine there was in your leadership style. Like yeah. uh, he looked up uh, Army Team Building ATP six twenty two point six, and all these things that are that 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 he talks about in his article, and you know he went and researched, researched it. And and it's there's a long there's a laundry list in there that you hit a lot of these points if not all of them, and you've created you created a, a really uh, effective team uh, and you you made a an environment for that team to not just uh, meld well but to be successful and get the job done so you know kudos to that uh, but have you looked at that have you kind of looked you're welcome but at, have you looked at some of those things as far as how things that you did. Uh, and now you're you're. Have you read some of the doctrine that that? Uh, and now are you kind of actively using it? So so I have looked at it, um, and it's funny because you know my last boss, uh, CB five Jonathan Breckeisen out of Tenth Cab, he uh, he had this saying that he would say to me frequently, and it's it's funny because now that he's said this to me, I think about it all the time, but. What he would say is, you know, what's obvious to you may not be obvious to others, right? So the things that I was doing in my mind was just, you know, it was common sense, common human decency, and like, like this is how you treat other people, right? So when when I read like the ATP and and look at these these qualities of a leader and like things that they're supposed to um, do to create an effective team and stuff, it, it's it's doctrine, but it's I don't know. Like I, it, to me, it feels like a good leader should just inherently do those things. Yeah. Common just sense. Being a good person, you know, following the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated and, and whatnot. I think it's just, that's why it's important that we have these kind of articles that go out to, to, to the, you know, that to a big audience, that, like the, like what we have through the NCO journal that, so that messages like the things like this can get out to them. You know, ultimately you can read yeah. all the doctrine in the world, but if you're a good person, Suncox, go ahead. It talks to the fact that that's why I initially wrote it. And the first thing I thought was, well, okay, well, I'll start writing, you know, the stories, the thing, the funny things that we did and, and some of the things that I learned. Right. And then that turned into, okay, well, that's actually something that's in doctrine. That's something that's been put in regulation. And it wasn't until I looked into the ATP that I found that all these things we were doing naturally were things that were written. You know, and it's it's funny because the last update too, I think to to the ATP six twenty two six was in twenty fifteen, and we did all these things in thirteen. So it almost feels like we almost wrote them in a way. You know, we did we we were doing them before they were in doctrine, which is not true, but it it feels that way because there are a lot of things that we were doing and a lot of pride that we took in our shop that I didn't see before that, and I didn't see too much after that either. So it says a lot about these guys that. 
I worked with every day that were more than a team. They were a family. Um, I wanted to go to work. You know, I, I still would if, if, I mean, if you guys were in the team, I, I'd, I'd want to be there till I retired. But, uh, it, it, it says a lot because I learned a lot from you guys, not only how to be a soldier, but you know, how to be a, how to be a man, you know, our families know each other. You know, we went over to each other's houses. We spent every holiday together and, and we set up special events to come and do things like that's something you don't get in every unit. And I think that that is a shame because that is where the enrichment stage really takes presence. When you're building those teams, those cohesive teams, uh, a lot of companies think that we just set up an org day and everything's going to be great. But half the time, most of the soldiers are mandated to go and it's just, they don't want to be there. And I get it. You know, um, you need to be more inclusive for your soldiers and make them feel like that they're important and that, uh, that you want them to be there. And then you can build on from that. Hey, Will, you got anything you can add to this? What, what do you got to say about that? So in my eyes, this is how I looked at it. Like I said, as a junior enlisted, nobody was scared to share information. And this, you, you know, it was no ego. That's, that's really what I would say. It was the ego. It was no ego in it. Because when I went to other units, and like I said, even as a civilian, you, you see the mistakes of others. And you see, once you have good leadership, you notice bad leadership right away. And you take with the qualities from the good and you put that in your back pocket. Like, even with Cox, he's being modest. Cox was always, he's traded MOSs, but he was always, right away, if ever I had a question, he would never um, downplay a situation or anything. He would always help me out to the best of his abilities, you know, and it was vice versa. If it was something he had trouble with, he had no trouble coming to people in the shop asking for help. It was no ego. And so, like they said, it felt more like a brotherhood. Like, okay, we're just helping each other out, like, naturally. Like, like Sergeant Wood said, treat others how you want to be treated. It was it was a very good experience. Like, you never know what you got until it's gone. Because that was my first unit. So I didn't, I had no expectations of what Army life was, you know. But after I left that, like, we still... Even to this day, we still keep in touch with each other because we built that brotherhood. And you realize we had something special where we was at. And because we were all from different parts of the United States, you know. Sergeant Woods from Montana. Cox was from Illinois. You know, Sergeant was from Florida. Sergeant Barnhart was from Missouri. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So it's a, it was a melting pot of, of groups of people, different cultures, different personalities, you know. But we all came together. There was no ego with any of us. And it was just a special thing. Yeah, so we've been in, in a lot of bad units. And one of the things that makes or or probably makes a unit feel like it's a bad unit is because you're spending so much time at work probably. And part of that was one of the things that I took away from this article was that your team, even though they were there for long periods you know, of time, they – they were able to have a you all were okay and and happy or I don't not maybe not happy but you didn't mind it and uh, one of those reasons for that was the expectation management of that and so can you talk a little bit about how that played into that right so I mean we always wanted to stick around and and help each other out and I think that goes because we took pride in our work we took pride in each other's work and we we generally and genuinely cared about each other's goals. You know, so if Holgate had something to do, 
uh, and but he needed some help, and we were free. We were going to help him because it was a team effort. It wasn't because at the end of the day, it's how you sh- how you show yourself to everyone else, right? So we did the we did the job. We did it efficiently. We did it expertly. You know, above standard, and we did it together. And I think that that's what matters. Um, as to expectations managed, I think that it's uh, it's important for leaders to stick. Um, to, to their priorities and pinpointing uh, things to be managed and to focus on time management because like a leader's time should be treated like their soldier's time. So on that note, right? Like it, it's our responsibility as leaders to protect like our soldier's time, right? Because there's going to be instances where we're not going to be able to, it's not going to be an option. So like as, as like a, a junior NCO or even like a senior NCO, where you've got like direct control over soldiers, you know, you need to make sure that you're not like you said, wasting their time. And that means, you know, prioritizing appropriately and like actually attacking goals that, that are meaningful for the day. So there, there could be like, there could be a task that you have at hand. That's not, that's, uh, that's, um, important, but it's not urgent. Right. So delineating between those two things, the importance of something and the urgency of something, is going to help leaders decide when it's appropriate to make the soldiers stay longer or when that task can be moved to the next day. Cause it's not going anywhere. It's going to still be there. Right. And if it's not like life limb or eyesight or, you know, like urgent for like mission success, like the mission is going to be complete failure. If you don't accomplish this task, then, then leaders as leaders, we need to be able to assess that and, and put that on the back burner or move it to the next day. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of NCOs that I've come across uh, throughout my career so far, they struggle with that that uh, identification of, of uh, the, the task importance. I was going to ask uh, if, if uh, Sergeant Holgate, could, is there anything you want to add to this, con- this part of the conversation, anything that jumps out at you? Yeah, so like the expectation management, that was, that just felt natural to all of us. And, it, and I think it, it runs along the lines of um, a lot of other shops throughout the military or the army. Um, once you have that that bond, then it's it's knowing the soldiers, working with the soldiers, and then like they were saying, that time with them. And Brandon was saying, you know, ensuring that you're not taking their time as unnecessary. Because it's the same thing for us as NCOs with, um, oh, you know, soldiers taking our time, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You got to go to the barracks and do barracks checks, this, that, and the other. Well, it's, it's it, it works both ways. But for the shop, that was just something that we fell into. And like Brandon said, it didn't matter if someone was on a task and we didn't have anything to do. We were right there next to them either learning how to do it or helping them because we'd helped them before. And I took on a huge role with that, with all of the, the cross training. And it almost seemed like at a certain point, it was almost just expected for that to happen because we had done it so much and we're so willing to do so, you know, but just taking care of your, your people is a major key to having success and, you know, whatever you do. I also got a, uh, I have to cut you off a bit, 
No, I got an interesting story about Hogan too that speaks to like like everybody is talking about the leadership of the shop. So I was working in Philadelphia. I had it was a new dude. He was he was a young dude, and somehow or another it came up that that's on Holgate was his um squad leader or whatever. And when I told him, yeah, I know Michael Holgate, but I was in Germany with him. He, you know, he was, you know, and all that. And his face just lit up. And he was like, it was one of the best NCOs I ever had. And uh, I really, he said. Yeah, it made me feel good personally just knowing that our shop is continue to still thrive, whether, you know, and those lessons are still being passed down. Because he had nothing but nice things to say about Sergeant Holgate. He was one of the best NCOs he ever had. He wished he was still under his leadership. And I just felt proud. Like, that was my brother. And I, I know, you know what I mean? We all took leadership qualities that we got from Sergeant Wood. And he... He's being modest. He'd probably be Sergeant Major of the Army one day. He's super smart. No, he's, just being, he, he's being modest <laughs> on the podcast. But no, he really was He was different. You know what I mean? He was young, ambitious, kind hearted. You don't really meet a lot of leaders like that, you know? And I think that was just cool. And I just thought about that story. I just wanted to throw that in there. You know, I was, I was, you know, it sounds like a really, a really good team. And a lot of the takeaways from this team are, you know, hopefully being shared I, and i know they are i know they are with every individual that comes out of this everywhere where they're at they're they're building better teams but i'm kind of intrigued to know what were the biggest challenges um that you all faced as the shop um were there some some things that maybe this uh the space that you all created became a, a burden or maybe um mark what do you got to say what do you what, what can you say about it? difficulties uh I mean, initially, when when I first got there, it there, there was some difficulty in kind of like bringing everybody together. The shop was kind of, from my perspective, when I got there, there's little clicks within the within the shop, right? Little groups, and it wasn't like a like a singular team. It didn't seem like um, everybody kind of just kept their own their own like uh, section, right? So, um, for those that don't know, shops, uh, back shops, and aviation, it's broken up into four different MLSs generally. Uh, you got engines, powertrain, airframe, and hydraulics. So getting everybody like on that same page when I first got there was a bit of a challenge. And then the everyone being from different walks of life, like like Bice was saying earlier, um, that posed some challenges because I had to learn how to adapt to everyone's own personal like communication style. I like to use Will is an example, right? Because some things he would say to me sometimes I didn't understand uh, exactly what he was saying, like the the terms he would use, the phrases he would use. So, um, but I was open and candid with him. But I was like, "Hey, man, I don't know what that means." <laughs> um, it, yeah, he would explain it, would, it, but it would be more funny. Yeah, it would be more. Yeah, funny yeah, and everybody would get a good laugh about it. But like, so I guess the communication piece, you know. And we had some we had some soldiers in the shop that were older than me. Uh, but that that was a little bit of a challenge for some some of them, not all of them, to. Uh, I guess like they're like, why is this why is this young guy coming in here and like telling me what to do and all this stuff? So, but it it wasn't I don't know it wasn't like uh, too challenging. I think the the key to like overcoming that was just having like uh like fluid communi- communication skills, like knowing how and like when to to talk to somebody about an issue and and how to like understand one another. To add to that, I think my biggest burden I. 
not a, not really a burden, but like kind of a curse and a good thing was the fact that we all had to be on our toes, you know, because we were all so good at our jobs together that if one of us was slipping, it was like somebody was going to be on you. And it could have been, it could have been Bice. It could have been Holgate. It could have been any of them who would see like, hey, man, that's not how we do things. You know what I mean? So right, we would all hold you. each other to like a, a higher standard. Yeah, so we all of us held each other to a higher standard. And I think that that is imperative in a team because it's not often you see like a PFC go up to a I don't know a specialist and say, "Hey, man, that's not how we do these things." You don't see that. So catching those things and motivating each other to aspire to do the best that they can is something that we did very well. Which kind of brings up because one of my questions that I came up with here with here was, uh, and I'll read it straight up. Uh, putting aside the horsing, horsing around irreverence and practical jokes, what part did the soldiers' age and matur- maturity level play in the shop's success? I think that kind of your, what your response kind of leads to this question. What do you got? What, do you, what can you say about that? You said the age and the maturity level. Yeah. I think that was um, a little bit challenging at times right but i i feel like we all pretty we we got on got on the same page pretty quickly um with understanding you know like business is business um for the most part everybody understood that that line that division between personal and professional mm-hmm. uh, which which made things a lot easier and really successful um and then if they ever did you know veer over that line ever it was quickly corrected and everybody maintained that that professionalism when it was when it was necessary. So, on the for the age of the person the personnel that were in our shop, I was I'm like in hindsight I'm really impressed because I've seen people that were older um, than our people in our shop at the time are, and they are more immature. Um, so, I mean that that didn't really play as big of a part, I guess, as it could have. I think it all comes down to what for what Brandon said about about the fact that you guys uh, kind of um, we held each other to a higher standard. Exactly. Yeah, those words right that right yeah. there. I think. Yeah. I think maturity had a part to do in it, and I, I was talking to Jeff actually the other day and uh, Sergeant Muscle, and he he was saying that he thought that we were all very mature, and that's why we got things done, uh, you know, expeditiously and and correctly and like every all that, but. I mean, we were goofing off probably 50% of the time, but when we had to do something, it was like you had just sent the entire army to go do it. You know what I mean? Because when we were given a task that seemed to be challenging, everybody was there to help you, and we all knew exactly how to do it, and how and all of our strengths came into play. It was almost like a light switch, you know? Like, as soon as you flip it, like, everyone's, like, on on the same page we know what we're doing we know how to move forward with it and it was all business yeah um and everyone was really good at at making that transition like on a dime so i think that comes with repetition they say train 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 but like we had to do our those kind of things so often that after a while it just became breathing you know when somebody would ask us to do something that's one. That's talking about yeah. one of the things that you guys that you discussed in your article too. The the section about a, a heavy rucksack, sharing your burden. Yeah. You know that any any one of you guys would step in to help because I know you cited. Uh, who was it that you asked to to jump in and help you uh, with a difficult uh, task? Well, a lot of guys. I used to lean on Holgate and uh, Sergeant Wood a lot. Um, 
And I know Vice was my counterpart. So if if we were both busy, which we usually were, then we would ask somebody else from the shop to help us out. And everybody was always instantly, yeah, what do you need? So that's a big part of that. I'd like to veer away a little bit from uh, – because okay. this, this is the kind of shop that all of us want to be a part of. And I've I've had – the challenge of being a part of a shop that was the opposite, where I despise going to work. I, I I didn't even sleep at night because I just dreaded waking up to to to, to go to work. It was that bad. I I, I kid you not. And uh, and I've had the, the both sides of the spectrum, and a few in the middle as well. Because I, I had a twenty year career as well, so it was it was it was really you know just like just like uh, like Mark or. or or Sergeant Wood said, is that you're chasing that 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 experience again throughout your career? You know, I found it in one command, and it was amazing. And you know, I clicked with the the whole team clicked, and it was it was I couldn't wait to I couldn't wait to go to work. I couldn't wait to see my guys. I couldn't wait to you know to kick ass and take names. Uh, and yet again, there was that other other shop that was so miserable. And so uh, it was quiet all the time. Nobody talked. There was no horsing around. There was no joking. If you cursed, oh, man, uh, one bad word and, and the world exploded. So I think this says a lot about, you know, the, the leadership uh, that, that Sergeant Wood fostered in this environment has now led to other soldiers and, and uh, other other other. Uh, all the soldiers who were part of that team now are, are spreading the wealth of that uh, experience, and hopefully, you know, you guys will never create that kind of negativity or the, the uh, that I experienced in some of my uh, in some of my time in the service. So um, I don't know. Have any of you any of you all had uh, an experience like that where you 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 worked at a shop where you just do not want to be there and you dread going there? Sergeant Holgate, you got anything on? Have you experienced that? You look a little. Uh, he was he say. was having a PTSD moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, I've come across a few shops that have been like that where, I don't know, you're just like, God, I really got to go in today. Like, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to deal with these people. And you just already anticipate all the headache that's going to happen. The first shop in Germany that was like the baseline and then the shop that we built with all these guys that was like the highlight that's that's what I want to emulate in every shop that I go to I know we all had our thoughts of hey be like this NCO or be like that and I think for me personally Mark was the hey that's what I want to be like that's where I was like, hey, yep, yeah, this, this, this is what I want to do. <laughs> Heck, we owe a lot to him for that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it, I try to carry that on into the other shops and try to build that cohesion. But yeah, definitely. I mean, every situation you walk into is different. And it's always not going to be the shop. It's always going to be something, something odd. And you just got to try to make it the best you can with the knowledge that you have and being uh, impartial to everybody because you can't treat everyone exactly the same. You got to treat them all as individuals. And then that's what helps start bringing everyone together and start knowing who each person is and how they function and their strengths and weaknesses and capitalize on what you need to. 
I'd, I'd like to kind of jump in a little on that too. One of the things that, that from my experience in working at a, at a, at that shop at the bad one was, uh, that I learned a lot of lessons from there as well. So you, you, you're always learning as a soldier, as a warrior, you're, as a leader, you're, you're always learning uh, better ways to, uh, or ways to be better. Uh, and I learned, you, I learned a lot of lessons from those bad leaders because I, I would tell myself, I'm never going to do that. That's not going to be me. So there's lessons to be learned there as well. I think the mirror to that is, yeah, I have bad experiences too. And I say, yeah, I'll never be a leader like that. But more in the forefront of my thoughts are what would my guys from Germany do? So what would Mark say to this? Uh, what would Holgate do when presented with a difficult task? He'd just do it. So I try to think of, the, of it positively. And I think that helps more. Yeah, and that's that was going to be my next question for the team, and then you know we can uh, see who wants to answer first. But what are what are the biggest takeaways for NCOs from this article and from this podcast that you would say um, is what you want to impart to to, to the NCO core? I would say you lead by example and treat everyone with respect, and you give respect to give respect. You might be having a bad day or the person, one of your soldiers might be having a bad day, but it's, it's easy to recognize that, take a step back, analyze it, come at it from a different way. And like I said, put the work in. Even now, nobody respects the lead or the sergeant that just sits on the phone at the computer all day when it's a lot of work to be done or they leave you in the shop to get all the work done and close it out. You know what I mean? Nobody respects that. As just as a person, you wouldn't. Nobody respects that. So it's always think about leading by example. Sarnwood, totally agree. And I, 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 you know, the other thing too that if I could, you know, get every NCO in the army to to take away from this would be genuinely like care about your soldiers and get to know them. Because if you if you actually show them that you care by being involved with the tasks and not just barking orders and expecting them to you know carry the brunt of it, I mean like we we've got a whole adage of ten percent of your soldiers take up ninety percent of your time. You know that's that's a fact, but that doesn't excuse us from giving mentorship and 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 leading the other soldiers that other ninety percent. So taking the time to know them and and care about them, generally care about them and the issues that they've got going in life because. You know, our, our lives aren't just the time between, you know, 6.30 in the morning PT to, to whenever we're, we're done with business through the day. That's why there's things that happen after that. And if us as leaders don't know our soldiers enough to, to know, like, when there's a change in their behavior or important event for them, uh, whether it's like, you know, graduating from college, uh, they, they got a baby on the way, they're, they're having like marital issues and, you know, they're just having a hard time, like, at work and at home, you know, those knowing those things is going to make you a better leader and you're going to be able to, you know, better care for them. And, and, and in return, they're going to, you know, be, be able to take care of you too. You know, like Bice was saying it uh, earlier, it, it's like with respect, you know, it goes both ways. You have to give it to get it. If we, if we as leaders can, can do that part, um, the rest of it is going to come a lot easier. Here's my question to you, uh, Molina, is that what takeaways did you get uh, leadership takeaways did you get from working at the shop with these guys? You hit a point on it. I, mean, I guess everyone hit a point on it. Um, one of the best leaders I have is being Mark. And I follow like 
after he left Germany, or after I left Germany, because he stayed behind it, I followed his lead. Um, everything that, like, part of the last, you know, the last conversation I heard is, like, he used to take care of the soldiers and pretty much ask us, hey, can we do this? Can you help us over this? So it was one of those uh, two-way communications, and that's where I, that's how been helping me out a lot. Um, like I said, and like everyone said before, I guess, uh, this job was the best job I ever been, and Mark is one of the best person that make that job to be uh, together. Not only on the leadership style, but also in like joking around. So it was it was like a family um, during work hours and after work hours. Here's here's one thing I wanted to bring up, okay? And because Sergeant Cox is uh, was pushing hard for me to delete it, from for me to t- <laughs> take it off the article. No. Right? <laughs> There's a quote in this article, right? It's a big block yeah. quote on the on the online version and kind of smaller on the on the, yes. on the PDF. Yes. And he says, I believe there are only two things in life that matter, taking care of your family and your soldiers and doing what's right, especially when it's hard. If you do that, everything else falls into place. And then it's a quote by uh, Staff Sergeant Brandon Cox. Uh, in, the, in the article, he put uh, me. He didn't even put his name on it. He just said me. <laughs> So, you know, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to open up and bag on your friend here because, come on, man, who quotes him? Here, here's my th- my take is that when he becomes a millionaire, he's going to have pictures of himself everywhere in the house, right? Uh, that was my take on it. So what do you guys say? They wanted a quote, and I gave him a quote. I didn't. So, so I talked to Brandon yesterday on the phone after I read the article and he was asking for some feedback on it. And I was like, Hey man, I did notice a thing in the article that I thought was kind of funny. And he's like, what? And I was like, you quoted yourself. And he's like, Oh yeah. And I was like, that's kind of, that's kind of a little like self-absorbed. A wise man that I knew once said, (laughs) and that wise man was me. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Drops the mic and walks out. (laughs) But that was like, that's like typical, like Brandon fashion though. Like I didn't, it didn't surprise me when I saw it. I was like, yeah, no, that checks out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. It would yeah, be funny be when somebody cites it in their definitely own. Definitely be Cox. So, and when I was reading it, I, like the big print of it, I thought it was going to be like some like Sergeant Major or like a General or something. And I got to the end of it, it said Staff Sergeant Brandon Cox. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> it's funny. I thought the same thing when I first read it. It's messed up. You know, in the draft, we had quotes by, you know, General Mattis. We had talked about. Oh, big Norman Storman, Storman Norman. We did, yeah. And then you picked this one. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're right. It was perfect. Nah, it nah, was perfect. Nah. Yeah, yeah. Bar, bars, 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 bars. <laughs> I'm taking. I'm not. I'm not del- deleting it. By the way, I'm leaving it up there. I, he's already kind of pushed me for me to take it off. I'm, it's not coming off. I, I asked him this morning if he'd delete it, and he said no. It's a solid. So. It's a solid quote. And it's in keeping with the rest of the article, man. Now, if you guys ever write an article, you have to quote me, okay? I already yeah, have one yeah, written, yeah. so <laughs> it's easy. You just pull, you just copy and paste it. No, I'll, uh, I'll quote myself quoting you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, well, well, I just want to thank uh, everybody for joining this. It means a lot. Um 
I don't know if Sergeant Cox will say it or not, but I know it, it would mean a lot to me if uh, my old team came up on something um, and talked, you know, and did this spend some time to do this. So I really appreciate you all coming on here. But yeah, thanks for uh, having us for the podcast. And then also that, that article um, makes you feel good when you read something like that. So thank you. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been real guys. Me, Cox, I run through a wall for you. Thank you all for joining us and thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles and get published with the NCO journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. We'll catch you next time on the NCO journal podcast.